Shotzi Blackheart takes on Dakota Kai. Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor come face to face, and the Garganos steal the titles on this week's episode of NXT. So, quick aside before I begin this, I have not watched NXT in a very long time. I've watched the pay-per-views, but that's about it. This is my first time actually watching an episode, and uh, yeah, I was I, I liked it. Um, I'm kind of happy I wa- chose to watch AEW over NXT, but also these people are talented, and I really wish I didn't have to choose. I wish NXT would move to Tuesdays, but it won't. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good episode. It was our go-home show before TakeOver 31, and it succeeded in some places and failed in others, and we will get into it right now. The opening match was Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai. I love both of these competitors. I honestly think we are reaching the closest we've gotten in NXT to the era of the four horsewomen. I mean, we got Io, we got Kai, Ripley, Candice, Shotzi. Phenomenal workers, phenomenal matches all around, and oh my god, Shotzi was great. Welcome to the ball pit is all I'm going to be screaming for the next week, and like she was vicious, locking in some amazing uh, submission holds that I was like, she's murdering her. It was very good. Then there was that moment where I think she might have been going for slice bread number two off the top, and then just yeeted herself to the earth. It was violent. It was vicious. Um, and then, of course, Raquel Rodriguez tried to get involved until my girl, until Rhea Ripley came out, saved her. And then, of course, uh, Shotzi got a real quick victory off of that. It was a good match. It was a solid opener. Really, really solid for the show. I don't know what it was what it was supposed to continue outside of the Ripley versus Gonzalez storyline. But outside of that, I it, it was just there. It, it was weird. Nothing really promoted the pay-per-view also this was the moment i realized ooh, nxt commentary is super robotic without mauro ranallo and without wade barrett because this week it was just tom phillips and i believe it was um uh, beth phoenix and I, I it's not that i hate beth but man that is some robotic commentary from her every once in a while uh after that we had a segment between isaiah swerve scott and santos escobar promoting their match on sunday and i'm not gonna lie i came out of this one disappointed because swerve is a guy who i've really liked in the ring i've always loved watching isaiah, isaiah swerve scott so i was expecting a lot and he just kind of showed up in a suit coat and his promo revolved around like here's my thing a baby face, whether it seems stupid or not, in my opinion, needs to be like, bring whatever you want. Do whatever cheating techniques you want. I'm still going to beat you. They need to have a confidence. Meanwhile, Swerve's promo is entirely about, you're using all these things from your bags of tricks. You're cheating constantly. And then, of course, uh, Escobar comes back, with, which, by the way... Swerve didn't look good. Escobar looked phenomenal throughout this entire segment, coming from like a smoking room, dressed to the nines, and he said, you call it a bag of tricks, I call it a hundred years of history that I'm going to bury you with. And that was the moment I said, yeah, he needs to win the title. He needs to keep that title. Because Escobar has been phenomenal ever since debuting. I wish they had done their his rivalry against Drake Maverick a little bit better, but outside of that, it was... 
It was all right. Escobar looked really strong. Swerve looked a little shaken, a little unconfident. It almost, it, it felt like a, a pre-MMA fight kind of feel because, like, they were talking over each other. They were interrupting each other. It had more of a shoot feel, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. And I don't think it really worked here. Um, up next, we had a preview for the mysterious figure who is going to be arriving at NXT on Sunday. And I'll be honest, I still got no clue. I was like, oh, it could be Sami Zayn. That would be fun. Well, I don't know. Why would... Well, Sami Zayn has the IC title. Why would he... And then I'm thinking of, like, Bo Dallas. Yeah, but Bo would be a bit weird now that they're saying that they're coming from the uh, Thunderdome. So that means there's someone we've seen recently. So I'm thinking it'd be fun have kevin owens it'd be fun to have ko versus balor that'd be a fun rivalry in fact i think that would be ko almost seeking vengeance for the fact that uh for the fact that he lost the title to balor so many years ago that'd be a really fun storyline and uh, they're saying it might be multiple people i don't know which female they would bring in is the bizarre thing because oscar has a title she was prominent Shayna has a title she was a prominent figure in the women's title reign i i don't know who else they could bring in outside of maybe Ember, but I think Ember's Ember's needs to be careful, and I don't think NXT is the place where she would be careful. So it's honestly really exciting. I'm very excited to see who it turns out to be. Uh, up next, we have a showcase of Kyle O'Reilly, basically promoting his 15-year rise to finally getting a shot at the NXT Championship. And uh, we talked about it on Fight Boys this week, so make sure to tune into that. But we talked about the fact that they're talking about making Kyle and Adam Cole the top baby faces in NXT, and then Fish and Strong remaining heels. And if you want to make Kyle O'Reilly a babyface... This episode did it. Uh, honestly, at first I thought I was going to miss good old sleazy Kyle, but then we'll get to it later. His promo later against Balor was, it was very, very great. The only problem I had with this segment and the Adam Cole segment was just, they basically spray painted on the screen. Yeah, Undisputed Era's breaking up. Like that, it was so blatantly obvious throughout the whole show that I'd be surprised if they didn't. I'd be surprised if they didn't break up at this point. Uh, up next, we have a Johnny Gargano segment with her, him and Candice getting ready for their uh, mixed tag match later that night against Damian Priest and Io Shirai. And God, I just, I remember when Johnny first turned heel and Candice first turned heel. And I said, this is a bad idea. Why would they do that? And every single week, they have proved me wrong. They are phenomenal little pukes. They may be my second favorite heels on the entire roster. It's just them playing up their their egos, and it was very, very good. Uh, my favorite was when, uh, because, of course, last week, uh, Tegan Knox was injured, and so during this promo, they were like, well, she messed up my TV, so you know what? That's, our, that's karma. She earned this. It was very good. Uh, like I said, second favorite heels, but my first favorite heel came out next, and it's Cameron Grimes, baby! I love that beautiful redneck caveman. He's so dumb, and I love him to death. And so, of course, then he issues an open challenge kind of tournament thing where 
He's basically just bringing in a bunch of lightweights that he could take down easily. The first one was a guy named Joey Pistachio. He immediately, immediately stomped him out, immediately got the pinfall. The best part of it, though, was Cameron putting him over during the intro, talking about all of his accolades before stomping on him, getting the pin. And then after that, he was going to face somebody else. And then Ridge Holland, the scariest man in existence, comes out, beats the living hell out of uh, Cameron and just ends the segment. It put over Cameron great as a cowardly ba- or a cowardly heel. It brought in Ridge as just this dominant beast. It was a very fun segment. I don't know what it did to promote the pay-per-view, which is a lot of this show, but it was still a very fun segment. Uh, after that, Austin Theory. He cut a promo. He's a creep. I don't care. Now Kushida. Kushida cut a promo against uh, his opponent. Opponent. Uh, I like we got two creeps back to back because of cutting a promo on Velveteen Dream. And I love the way Kushida's approaching life now, which is just, I am a new Kushida. I am vicious. He's bringing back a lot of that New Japan energy. And I love that. He's showing a unique style when, when compared to like Raw, where everybody wrestles basically the exact same. Kushida is bringing a new style. And my favorite part about it is the fact that he's treating Velveteen Dream, a man who is used to being in the spotlight as the stepping stone, not a important part of his story. And I think that's very clever on the part of Kushida. So now we get a match, Kushida versus Tony Nese. And this is where Kushida started to really show that vicious New Japan style. I hadn't seen Nice in a while, so that was nice. Uh, I love Kushida's new gear. I just kind of wish he would drop the Marty McFly top. Because, like, he's got kind of like a Hiromu-style short. Like, a Hiromu-style, really creative, per- like fancy-looking short. And then he's just wearing Marty McFly's gear on top. So that was weird. Um the only problem is, like, him and Nice didn't really mesh, I thought. Him and Nice didn't really mesh in this match, and that was the only problem I really had with it, because, like, the Kushida style is very unique, and it's going to be hard to find somebody who can mesh with that easily, and I don't think Nice was. And then it was a very fast match. Tony tapped out, and then Velveteen Dream cut a gross, weird promo that was very short and very basic and very boring. Uh, I'm going to give him as little attention as I can. Uh, so that that match happened, and this was the moment I realized, wow, for a wrestling show, keep in mind, we're about to reach the hour mark. For a wrestling show, we've only had two matches. One, if it weren't, I'm not counting the, the uh, Cameron Grind stuff as matches. Those were segments posing as matches. And the Kushida match was just so short. I think in that first hour, we may have had 10 to 15 minutes of wrestling. And I'm like, I understand you guys want to promote the pay-per-view, but come on, do something. So uh, then we go backstage. Cameron Grimes is upset about his beatdown, and Dexter Loomis comes from out of nowhere, stares at him, and then Grimes just looks at him and goes, you're a freak, man, and then walks off. It was phenomenal. Um, so now we have a promo from Adam Cole where Adam Cole is reminding us why he was the longest reigning NXT champion because he has charisma out the ass. Uh, he was reaffirming who Undisputed Era is, reaffirming that they are a group that are not to be messed with, a group that will put you down if you say a negative word against them, basically reaffirming, hey, yeah, we're breaking up this Sunday. Uh, But it was a very good, passionate promo from Cole. Then uh, he calls out Austin Theory because Theory basically talked crap about Kyle earlier in the night. And so Cole because of his promo where he said Undisputed Era does not approve of people talking trash about us, calls out Theory, 
uh, has a very fun moment where he looks at him and just goes, okay, you got two options. You can come in here and fight me like a man, or we will beat you down where you stay until you beg for option one. It was very good. And then the match was great, mostly because I think Austin Theory has a very punchable face. He's a terrible person, and I'm very happy Adam Cole just got to beat him up for a, uh, a while. It was basically a match affirming what Cole said during the promo, affirming that the Undisputed Era will stand up for each other and Cole showed it. Um, this also really cemented Cole as that top baby face in my mind, so that's why I'm like, okay, we're gonna get Future Shock again, but against Strong and Fish, which is kind of bizarre. Like I said, uh, it was it was honestly just Adam Cole reminding everybody why he is the best wrestler on their roster right now, while super kicking the living hell out of uh, out of Austin. And then at the very end, it was very nice Cole looking down the camera, and you'd think he would be talking about undisputed era, but instead just said Kyle O'Reilly is going to win this Sunday. It's going to shock many people, but it's not going to shock me. It was a great moment, uh, really put over Kyle before they really put over Kyle. Then we had a segment with Priest and EO, and this was great because I used to really not like Damian Priest. I didn't like his gimmick in Ring of Honor. I thought it was a little silly the way he came into NXT, but no, I- I'm starting to really love it. Like, the minute he won the North American title and went to go chill in a hot tub with some babes and then invited Triple H to join him is when I went, oh, this works. And apparently the pairing of EO and Priest works even better because priest is like we're rock stars they ain't rock stars and then uh eo cuts a very great promo in japanese and then the end just looks at priest and goes rock stars and i went hell yeah hell yeah this works out great this is a great promo um and now this show kind of i don't want to say drug to a halt because it was a good match but it was just you had a lot of stuff building up to the pay-per-view and then you had Caden Carter versus Zia Lee and it was I was excited I hadn't seen Zia Lee in a while uh she's a, a wrestler I always really liked her strikes are absolutely vicious I'm fairly sure she could decapitate a woman with her thighs so she's very powerful and I love watching her wrestle it's just Casey Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter are great wrestlers they're great technicians they just don't have a character they're connecting to the audience with yet and that really disappoints me because i love them like i loved casey's spots in the rumble and stuff like that uh they just they they're not connecting yet in my opinion like zia is finally building something of a character but the other two are still just like where commentary refers to them as oh yeah this powerful dedicated woman and i'm like okay yeah there's you gotta have more than that you can't just be boring uh, but the opening of the match was really fun a lot of different pinning predicaments where Zia and Caden are trying to get one up on one another and then of course finally the standoff and you can see they've earned a little bit of respect it was fun um a lot of rough moments in my opinion during this match where you could see Zia was waiting for a move like she would just kind of stand there and wait for a move to happen then hit it but then there were also some very fun fast paced moments Zia got in a lot of patented striking and then a nice callback to the multiple different pinning predicaments at the beginning of the match one of those pins come back to bite Zia when she gets pinned by Caden a good ending really solid fun match between these two and then of course at the end of the match Zia pushes Caden away as Caden was trying to help her up furthering a possible heel turn possible rift between them it 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 was pretty good and now we get into 
what was my segment of the night? Best part of the night, in my opinion. And it was O'Reilly versus Balor face to face. And I really liked the way they did this because I was expecting them to do it in the middle of the ring. You'd have people cheering, but no, it was pre-taped. It was silent. There was some weird background music, but outside of that, I think silence really helps in moments like this in pro wrestling. Like, you don't need a crowd over everything and this is one of those moments where i was like okay this really really works and i loved it in the beginning because it almost reminded me of jericho and mjf both of the guys trying to talk about how great each other are but then eventually the egos came into play and the tension started to rise and it was a really fun segment where kyle reminded people hey i do have a personality they just don't let me show it that often like at one point he did an impression of cameron grimes then did an impression of finn balor it was very very good and it just this one segment put over this match because it was just last week that they were like oh yeah it's gonna be o'reilly versus balor so they only had a week to promote this and oh my god this one segment did it like more than anything else because like Kyle, who definitely everyone's treating like the underdog, says, like, no, I'm not the underdog. That is bullshit. And Balor just staring at him like, it's one thing to have a main event that's important, but it's another thing to have a main event that'll change your life. And I went, oh, yeah, that's what this this Sunday's going to be. Like, Balor's going to win, but also a lot of stuff's going to change. I think it's going to submit Kyle as a singles competitor. It's going to burst off him and Cole into something. Like, I just... I'm really excited for this match after these promo. Both of them put on fantastic work. Both of them played it very serious, but also let their natural charisma shine through. It was very fun. I loved it. And then we get on to the main event, which was Io Shirai and Damian Priest versus the Garganos. And it was a match. It was it was pretty it was good. It was exciting. It was a main event match. It just wasn't like it was to promote the next matches. It was to promote a pay-per-view. It wasn't really there to show off anything. Although I will say there were some very good spots. I really love uh, Candice embodying this poison pixie character. Like, it's not just a nickname. You could see her kind of m- making these ethereal movements as she comes out like a, uh, a pixie, like a magical character. And also, I loved Priest and uh, Eo more than I thought. Because, like, firstly, they looked at each other and just were like let's go and then ran towards the ring beat the living shit out of the garganos and then at one point eo climbs on priest's shoulders and hits like a massive cross body to the outside that was great my favorite part of this match though was gargano because my favorite thing about heel gargano especially when candace is involved is how quickly gargano becomes the punk bitch in every situation so like taking a moonsault from eo taking a 619 from eo getting choke slammed by praise like so many vicious moves and yet gargano still ended up getting the victory uh priest was setting up for his finisher that i don't remember the name of because i don't haven't really cared to care about damian priest until this moment uh setting up for that Candace hits a low blow. EO chases her off, but it gives Gargano enough time to hit one final beat. One, two, three. They win. Fantastic victory for the heels. Really set it up for this possibility of, oh, they may become the first husband and wife to both hold titles in NXT. That's going to be really, really fun. Um, honestly, if you go to, I think it was on Johnny's Instagram, there's a picture of him and Candace with both of the titles around their waists because basically they stole them at the end of the show. And it is iconic. It is phenomenal 
phenomenal. I still, if you listen to Fight Boys, you will know my predictions, but I guess I can do them here as well for you guys. I think Gargano is going to lose to Priest. I think Priest is not ready to lose that title, but I think it is ready. Candice is ready to take the title from EO. So one half of the uh, Gargano family is going to win, and it's going to be Candice. I think Balor's going to go over on O'Reilly, which is going to it's going to be a great match. Like I think we all said this is going to be a match of the year contender. I think and I pray that Kushida beats Velveteen Dream because I want Velveteen to get off of my television and I want Kushida to have the entire world. And then finally, I think I already said it, Santos Escobar is going to defeat Isaiah Swerve Scott. Those are my predictions. Uh, let me know on my personal Twitter account at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, if you agree with me. And as always, remember to support us on Patreon.com slash a load of BS. It's how we keep getting out all of this great wrestle talk to you guys every single week and remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life